Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo. And on behalf of the News West team, Happy New Year and compliments of the season. What better way to start this edition of WIA National News, the last news service for this year, than to hear what we've been doing. And to fill us in on that one, here is WIA President Phil Waite. In this Christmas broadcast, it's customary for the WIA President to thank all the staff at the WIA office and the very many volunteers who have done so much work during the year to keep the wheels turning. This has been a particularly difficult year for the WIA with the untimely passing of our late President Michael Owen, VK3KI. But with a lot of hard work and dedication from everyone involved, we have come through this transitional period in great shape. I would like to recap some of the achievements of the past year and in the first broadcast next year I will tell you about some of the new initiatives that we hope to achieve during 2013. The ITU, the IARU and the ACMA are where the rubber really hits the road in the WIA's advocacy role for amateur radio. They are difficult, time-consuming and expensive areas and often go unnoticed by the members but they are the most important work that the WIA does for amateur radio, and all radio amateurs worldwide benefit. ITU Working Group 5 looks after amateur radio issues, and this year Dale Hughes, VK1DSH, attended an important working group meeting in Geneva. Among other things, that working group investigated the feasibility of a new amateur secondary allocation at 5.3 megs. Dale's work was long and arduous, sitting in endless meetings and negotiating with various countries' representatives. But he must have made an impression because he's been asked to act as chair of the ITU subcommittee looking after the 5.3 meg issue. Slightly closer to home, Jeff Atkinson, VK3TL, and Peter Young, VK3MV, represented the WIA at the IARU Region 3 conference in Vietnam. The Region 3 conference is a further opportunity to strengthen relationships between IARU member countries, in particular this year sharing experiences with emergency communications. What was very obvious from this meeting is the burgeoning expansion of amateur radio in Asia, especially in China and Indonesia. Back home, the WIA was successful in its lobbying of the ACMA for a high-power trial. To date, some 230 radio amateurs have participated in the one kilowatt trial, and the WIA is is working very closely with ACMA on the assessment of the results of that trial, with particular emphasis on interference and EMR issues. By the way, those radio amateurs participating in the high-power trial need to listen out very carefully for important information to be released shortly. There are many other areas where the WIA is working closely with the ACMA to improve the operating privileges for amateur radio. For instance, the WIA has drafted changes to the amateur regulations, the LCD, to introduce a new secondary band allocation between 472 to 479 kHz, and work continues on many other issues. Particular thanks have to go to Peter Young, VK3MV, for his work with the ACMA. For most people, amateur radio is about operating. During 2012, the awards group was reformed and there is now a good flow of new award applications and they are all being processed quickly. The contest group has introduced a new format for the RD contest. 
a log checker has been created, and that is a great step forward for volunteers as it saves a massive amount of time cross-checking logs. In the past, only random spot checking was practical. However, now all contacts in a log are properly checked. The National QSL Inwards Bureau has had another busy year, sorting cards from all corners of the globe for distribution to the state bureaus for on-forwarding to WIA members as expeditiously as possible. Members in New South Wales will have been watching the tower issue unfold on the WIA website and in this broadcast. Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, has been assisting the WIA to put the strongest possible case to the New South Wales Government for a relaxation of the quite rigid planning restrictions which apply to antenna masts and towers in that state. This work is continuing and further action is planned for the new year. All members would appreciate the improved quality in AR magazine. The Publications Committee has done an excellent job of producing a very fine journal, as has the WIA Broadcast Group in their tireless effort in putting this WIA broadcast together, week after week. Earlier this week we announced the results of the 2012 Club Grant Scheme. Congratulations to all those successful applicants and our thanks go to the Club Grants Committee. We can't forget the volunteers that support the training of prospective radio amateurs and the WIA's RTO, Fred Swainston. Without their massive contribution, there would be no new radio amateurs to carry the hobby forward. And I've only touched the surface. Volunteers also serve on our technical advisory committees, our bookshop, our library and our archive, the Affiliated Club's insurance scheme, not to forget our long-suffering webmaster. So I've highlighted just a few of this year's achievements. It's been a busy year, but a sad one with the passing of Michael Owen. The next year is looking even busier. So in the next broadcast, I'll tell you something about the changes your WIA plans to introduce. Until then, have a very happy and safe Christmas. Look after yourselves. We need you all fit and well and on air for the new year. And once again, from your WIA board... Thanks to the office staff and all the volunteers that have achieved so much in the past year. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD for the WIA. Hello, this is Diane from the WIA office, VK3FDIZ, wishing you all a very Merry Christmas and a safe and happy New Year. Talk to you all again next year. And as we approach Christmas this year, I'd like to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and particularly in the true meaning of that word. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. We continue the news for December 23, 2012. I'm Graham, VK4BB. You have tuned the WIA National News Service, and you want spam with that? The ACMA has given McDonald's Australia Limited a formal warning under the Spam Act about a send-a-friends facility on the McDonald's Happy Meal website. An ACMA investigation found emails sent using the Send to Friends facility, which promoted games and activities, were sent to friends of users without ensuring the friend's consent. The messages also did not have an unsubscribe facilities as required by the Spam Act. Queensland's Newman government has taken another step towards internal communications, which will be improved, shortlisting three parties to develop the government wireless network, the GWN. Treasurer and Minister for Trade Tim Nichols said Projects Queensland had received five expressions of interest from parties wanting to take part in the project. The three shortlisted parties are Broadcast Australia, Telstra 
and the Queensland Wireless Network Consortium, which includes companies like Harris Corporation, Brookfield Infrastructure and CCSC. The primary objective of the Government Wireless Network is to deliver an enhanced digital radio voice and it should be up and running in time for the G20 Leaders Summit in 2014. December 13, 1962, the last telegram and its reply were sent by Morse code in New South Wales. In a 50th anniversary reenactment, former telegraph operator Phil McGrath travelled to Bombala to send and receive souvenir telegrams to mark the occasion. At the time, Mr McGrath sat at the sounding box and typewriter and received what was originally meant to be that all-important final message. It read, This telegram from Sydney to Bombala is the last message which will be sent by Morse in New South Wales, concluding 104 years of operation. Henceforth, telegrams to and from Bombala, like all other offices in this state, will be transmitted through the Teleprinter Perforator Switching System, the TRESS. The TRESS system, based on the teleprinter, lasted until 1933 when it ceased its text messages, first giving way to individually owned telex machines and then internet email. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. Hi, this is Ed from the Central Coast ARC. This great hobby of ours has several facets, one of which is contesting. Have you ever been interested in getting involved in contesting and not know where to start? You have all these special routines and rules and um, what's the best way and how can I actually get into through that pile up and work the station? Well, this is the questions I asked as well and, and um, part of the reason that I'm actually helping organise a mini contest university this year at the Wyong Field Day. The Dayton Contest University has been going for several years and is, is world-renowned. And very kindly, Tim, from, uh, from that event, has actually supplied me with all the material from last year and said, go ahead and use what you wish from it. What we're doing is a short, one-day uh, mini contest university the day before the field day. So on the 23rd of February 2013, this will cover introduction to contesting, what to do, what not to do, how to use logging programs, the basics, if you like. And I think this will be very valuable to a lot of people that are sat on the, uh, the sidelines at the moment thinking, I'd like to get into contesting, but all these other guys know better and, and do better than I do. It doesn't matter. Just take part. It's, a, it's the fun of it. So... The details of this you'll find up on the Field Day website, which is www.fieldday.org.au, and just click on the Mini Contest University uh, item on the right-hand side of the uh, of the main homepage. As I said, this will take uh, take place on the Saturday, 23rd, the day before the actual Wyong Field Day. As you all know, Wyong Field Day is the largest gathering of radio amateurs in the Southern Hemisphere. So why not make a weekend of it? Come for the Mini Contest University on the Saturday and stay for the Field Day on the Sunday. For accommodation, the website lists local hotels and motels, some of which give discounts to Field Day attendees. Also on the website, you'll find links to lots of local attractions on the Central Coast for any members of your family who isn't interested in amateur radio. Please register if you are coming to the free Mini Contest University, as capacity is limited. 
You'll find details of how to register also on the website, which is fieldday.org.au. That's F-I-E-L-D-D-A-Y dot O-R-G dot A-U. 73 and good DX, and see you at Wyong. This is Ed, VK2JI. Have you prepared for the last weekend in May, the 2013 WIA AGM and Conference? If you've built a new gadget, written some software, engaged in research or achieved something, we'd like to hear from you. Tell us about your successes and your failures. Register your topic now and use the opportunity to connect with other amateurs who share your passion and excitement. The 2013 WIA AGM and Conference. It's all about engaging, learning, appreciating, socialising and discovering. You'll find all the information online at the VK6 conference site, conference.vk6.net. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. In advice received from WIA Director Bob Briscoe, VK6 POP, the Wireless Institute of Australia is sponsoring the VI4 ASJ activity by supplying access to the QSL Bureau. This is a great boost to the amateur radio activity to the Scouts' Australian National Jamboree, and the WIA logo will be proudly displayed along with the AJ 2013 logo on the QSL card. While the majority of us will be looking forward to a rest break, the volunteers preparing for the National Scout Jamboree on the Fraser Coast will be juggling their time and family engagements. Getting the site ready for the first contingents is the priority as the hot weather engulfs the east coast of the continent. Members of the Maribyrnong Electronics and Radio Group are organising a formal roster, now that names are in, and equipment is being organised and readied for use and transported to the Jamboree site. For amateurs attending AJ 2013, the frequency for Echo IRLP access will be 145 MHz. Peter VK3AJ is towing the trailer equipped with 2 and 70 centimetre repeaters from Melbourne to Maryborough, Queensland, about 2,500 kilometres by road. With the two operating positions plus the Jam FM low-power broadcast station, the main hall area is going to be really radioactive. Setup of the amateur equipment is pencilled in for the 29th of January to coincide with Peter's arrival. The VI4 ASJ operation is funded by the AJ 2013 Organising Committee and supported by Maryborough Electronics and Radio Group. Sponsors for the station are ICOM Australia, who has donated an IC718 as the main HF part of the station, and now our own WIA. The Jamboree runs from the 2nd to the 12th of January, and these are the days during which you can contact VI4 ASJ. Reporting for WIA National News, I'm Jeff Emery from Merge. Do you have an Android device? Well, Radio and Electronics School has released a foundation training aid on any Android portable device. A few months ago, the Radio and Electronics School posted a free foundation course on YouTube. That foundation course has proved to be very popular. Ron VK2DQ from the school looked into the Google Analytics and was surprised to find that more than 60% of users of the course are doing so from portable devices. Perhaps we should make foundation training application for smartphone, Ron thought. 
Well, the people at RES have done it. There is now an Android app for the Foundation Licence, and best of all, it's free. Just go to Google Play Store at play.google.com and search for Radio and Electronic School. You can download the application directly to your phone, tablet or other portable device. The course is in the same video format as the well-known standard course. We think this might be popular with young people and in particular for Jota, Ron VK2DQ said. We only released the application a few days ago and already there have been over 100 installs. RES recommends that you use this application in conjunction with the publication Your Entry into Amateur Radio, available through Radio Clubs and the WIA. If you or someone you know who lives in Melbourne would like to get into the hobby of amateur radio, then the EMDRC are once again running their Christmas Foundation course. The course will be held on Thursday, December the 27th, with the assessment on Friday. Course instructors will be myself, Robert VK3DN, and Damien VK3KQ. Further information is available on our club website, www.emdrc.com.au. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. With international news, I'm Jason VK2LAW. In ZL Land, a recent membership promotion has been a great success. A total of some 3,000 letters were posted to all those who were not presently members of the association. Some 236 amateurs have now taken the opportunity to join with this special promotional offer. Of those, 115 are newcomers to the association, with 121 rejoining the NZART after a lapsed period. The Canadian Federal Telecom Regulator is aiming to close potentially dangerous technological gaps in Canada's 911 services. The Canadian Radio, Television and Telecommunications Commission has taken the first step in modernising an emergency system that was created before mobile phones were invented. The announcement comes as Canadians increasingly rely on cell phones. 10% of households had gone wireless only by 2010, a trend that is expected to continue. National Commissioner Tim Denton, who has been appointed to lead the review and present preliminary findings in May, faces the daunting task of forecasting the future of an industry that changes faster than many companies can predict. But he will also have to deal with the effects of Canada's digital divide. Large swabs of the far north of Newfoundland and Labrador still don't have access to basic 911 services. Among those that do have access, more and more people are turning to social media sites such as Twitter to seek emergency help. Explosion at Derna, Libya radio station, police attacked on arrival. Derna local radio was hit by an explosion in the early hours of Monday morning last, with the blast also damaging the office of a local television station situated nearby. The assailant subsequently launched an attack on the town's police chief, Colonel Moffat Ab al-Hafid, along with a colleague once they arrived at the scene. The police officers came under fire but escaped uninjured. The attackers, whose motive and identity remain unknown, succeeded in escaping the scene. Barcode inventor dies. Norman Woodland, who created the barcode using Morse code, has died at his New Jersey home at the age of 91. He worked with university classmate Bernard Silver to create the now ubiquitous thin and thick line system in the 1940s. 
The BBC reports that the system was patented in the US in 1952, a patent that later sold for just $15,000. Barcodes Inc. report that Norman Woodland used the Morse code to create the barcode when he just extended the lines and dashes downward and made narrow lines and wide lines out of them. Global Amateur Radio Fest begins. Peninsula News reports the Qatar Amateur Radio Society are hosting the event for the first time in the Middle East. Hundreds of officials of various amateur radio societies around the world as well as secondary students and Boy Scouts from Qatar are attending. Among those attending are AMSET DL President Peter Gulzal, DB2OS, who gave a presentation about the AMSET P3E and P5 missions. The call sign assigned for the event is A71QND, Qatar's National Day. APRS balloon launched in California lands in Morocco. A group of high-altitude balloon experimenters have achieved a milestone, this with the confirmation that their K6RPT-12 APRS-equipped high-altitude balloon has successfully crossed the Atlantic and landed in Morocco. Amateur Radio Newsline's Bruce Tennant, K6PZW, has the details. Amateur radio stations from the United Kingdom to the Azores have been listening for the transatlantic balloon signing K6RPT-12 on 144.390 MHz FM. This after it was lofted skyward from California at about 0126 UTC on Monday, December 3rd. The balloon was launched by the California Near Space Project team with the intent of it crossing the Atlantic heading for the British Isles. When it left the USA, it was traveling at over 185 miles an hour, but this was believed to have slowed down in its overwater trek to as little as 55 miles an hour. Knowing this, the payload was designed for over 60 hours of flight. It also included a heating system for its 144.390 MHz FM transmitter developed by Jonathan Corgan, AE6HO, to prevent it from freezing during the overnight flight. This was because the bitterly cold night temperatures at that altitude have caused the transmitters on several amateur radio balloons to fail. After its journey across the Atlantic, its APRS signals were first picked up by stations in Spain. It was last heard at 092231 UTC on December the 5th, descending rapidly indicating that the balloon had finally burst. Its last recorded position was 34 degrees 25.75 north and 3 degrees 58.96 west, placing it in the Taza province of Morocco, north-northeast of Tazika National Park. It is believed that there are less than 150 radio amateurs in Morocco and no known APRS stations. As such, the balloon and its payload may never be recovered. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Bruce Tennant, K6PZW in Los Angeles. Hello, this is Margaret from the WIA office. Just like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a happy and safe New Year. And we'll speak to you all again in the New Year. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Dateline 2013. Here in VK, it's time for the WIA Summer VHF UHF Field Days. And in ZL and February, it's their annual Jock White Memorial Field Day Contest, Saturday and Sunday, February 23 and 24. Now on special event stations, DX and Beacon and advice further on our Summer Field Day and the University at Wyong. Hello, this is Trent, uh, VK4TS, the WIA Director for Awards and Contests. 
At the upcoming 2013 Wyong Field Day, a new addition to the program has taken shape in the form of the Mini Contest University. This has taken its format from the very successful programs conducted by Tim K3LR. The MCU will be a day-long affair on the Saturday prior to the Gosford Field Day and will conclude with an evening meal at a local eating house. This is an opportunity for contesters Australia-wide to catch up and also offers a great opportunity for new contesters to learn from the more experienced. I will be presenting at the seminar and I'm sure there are many that would like to find out about the workings of the WIA contests. I look forward to seeing you there, but a reminder that bookings are essential. The Summer VHF UHF contest this year, the Ross Hull looks to be a great affair. Sunspots are up and sunspots are down, but expect some six metre fireworks in January. And for the proponents of distance-based scoring in contests, here is your chance to prove you like the distance format. Both the Ross Hull and the Summer Field Day make January a great month for the active contester. Thanks, Trent. Now, hopefully you have been able to work that Vietnamese call sign XV0VR. XV0VR, Vietnam until 4 January. Kadmar Island, AS132 from 18 to 20 December. Phu Quoc Island, AS128 from 30 December to the 2nd of January. QSLs go via home call, DD0VR. Lastly, several sources are reporting that a team of 10 operators will be active from Robinson Crusoe Island during mid-2013. It was also mentioned that this is the same group who activated D64K earlier this year. Look for more details to be forthcoming. What use is an F-call? Amateur radio is a social experience, an activity that invites and thrives on communication. As a participant in the hobby, either recent or long-standing, there are many amateurs around who share your interests and can participate with you in your exploration of what amateur radio means to you. These people who share your experiences are your own little amateur community. And while it's safe to stay with those you might consider that the hobby is a gateway into a wide range of experiences and disciplines, so your little view on the world is likely to benefit from interacting with new people. As is common in our society, this time of year is traditionally used for reflection, and in my thinking about amateur radio, I'm using this time to reflect on the things I've learnt and the people I've met over the past 12 months. I've started with Morse, done some serious contesting, met a whole host of amateurs from around the country, built a magnetic loop antenna, built my first electronics kit, learnt about software-defined radio, started learning about transmission lines, remembered to enjoy myself and helped with all manner of club activities throughout the year. The thing I remember most is spending time with other amateurs and sharing the twinkle in their eye as they tell about their endeavours and contraptions. What do you reflect on in amateur radio? I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima Alpha Bravo. Uh, Merry Christmas to all the WIA members from Mal Brooks, manager of VK3 FDSL. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ILLW. The leading countries in the International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend are Germany on 28 registrations, Australia with 27, followed by USA and England. A total of 110 registrations have been received so far from 26 countries spanning the globe from Argentina to Wales. Each of them will help promote public awareness of the former guiding lights for those at sea to promote amateur radio and to foster international goodwill.
To find out more about this truly fun weekend and to register for August the 17th and 18th, visit the website www.illw.net. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Wednesday, December the 26th, 2012. It's the YMCA Murray Marathon. Yarrawonga to Swan Hill. Contact Jared Werner, VK3GER. And on Saturday, February the 23rd, 2013, it's the Pajero Rally, Woods Point area. Contact Dirk Vasilis, VK3FPAJ. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, VHF and above. First contact between CT1DMK and VK3UM on 432.010 MHz. The very first contact between Doug MacArthur, VK3UM, and Louis Capito, CT1DMK via Moonbounce Communications on 432.010 MHz CW was recorded on December the 6th. The telegraphic message, VK3UM, CT1DMK559-559 loud and clear, could be received by those stations equipped with EME on 432 MHz. This communication achieved by two serious radio operators who invested a lot in ham radio stations both in terms of perseverance and technical achievement. They inspire an entire generation and make our dreams possible with some of the work and preparation. Well, that's all I've got for you this week. This has been Robert VK3DN reporting from Melbourne. Well, with that, we've reached the end of WIA National News for December 23, 2012. On behalf of all the news crew, I'm Graham VK4BB. We wish you a very merry and a holy Christmas and we'll see you for the very last broadcast on December 30, 2012. Till then, walk softly. We've reported, you decide. 